This is Heavenly Gospels Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Pastor Corey is continuing his brand new series, Rehab Recovery, with the title, Get Over Yourself. We hope you enjoy today's message. We're going to dive into the Word of God today, and if you have your Bibles... Could you go ahead and turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. Luke chapter 5, verse 1 through 5. Luke chapter 5, verse 1 through 5. I'm going to do the best I can. <laughs> Luke 5, through 5, and it reads, One day Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. The people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. (laughs) He asked him a little to put out from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. Verse number four, when he had finished speaking, he said, Simon, put out into the deep and let down the nets for a catch. Last verse, Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, Y'all missed your shout right there. King James says, but nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the nets. Family, as we're in this series of of recovery, rehab, our topic, I want to preach from a subject entitled today, Get Over Yourself. Would you look at the person next to you and say, neighbor, if you're going to recover, you got to get over yourself. Come on and bless God as you take your seats. Get over yourself. Family, this is a a word God has given me as... I found myself in a season and in the position of recovery. He's given me wisdom, not only from the word of God to specifically speak to you, but also there's certain wisdom that I picked picked up on through the process of my recovery from those 
who've been in charge and taking care of my health. And while I was in recovery, I remember walking around uh, the hospital and my nurse said to me, she said, you're one of the best patients that I've ever had. And I, I thought it was because I was younger and most uh, people who have open heart surgery are older and so I thought that maybe she meant because I was able to walk around and I would recover a whole lot faster that that's what she was talking about. But in fact, that's not what she was talking about. She said, no, you're, you're, you're one of my best patients because it's hard to help somebody that acts like they're already healed. She said, the worst patients I have are the ones who know it all. And I come to submit to you this morning that oftentimes what gets in the way of our recovery is not just life happening. It's, it's, it's not the enemy, but it's yourself. Look at your neighbor and say, it's you, it's you, it's you. It ain't the devil, it ain't life, it's... Is is you. And this morning, we're going to learn from the life of Peter on how exactly it is we get over ourselves. For it was ancient Eastern culture during the time of Jesus that this, this, this certain way uh, was set up and they functioned that at a certain age, all boys took what we call a rabbinical test. And if they did well on their rabbinical test, that they would be allowed to study with a rabbi. That if, if they didn't do well on this rabbinical test, the only recourse was to go into the family business. They, they only had this, this blue-collar option of working in the family business if they did not pass this test. The, the family business for Simon, who we also know as Peter, as his name would be changed later on, he was fishing. So, so he, he, his father was an expert fisherman, and, and he had been doing this for many, many years. And, and so Simon, he has, he has knowledge, he has expertise, he has training and significant time invested in this field of fishing. Somebody say he knew his stuff. Especially when it came to fishing. But here's the thing, if you're not careful how well you know or even how long you've been doing what you've been doing can cause you to miss what God wants to do in your life. And also have an opportunity for you to re. Cover. There are some of you right now who think that your skill, your, your wisdom, your experience, and your age gives you the credibility and the authority to make certain judgments about certain situations. And some of you have said to yourself this year, I've been there, done that. I know how this is going to turn out. That I've seen this act 
before. But let me caution you that when you think you know it all, what you think you know could be in the way of what God really wants to do in your life. That such is the life of Simon, who had been fishing all night, and he finds himself on the shore washing his nets. <laughs> For it was the process of a fisherman after they had done, had gotten done fishing. He, he is washing his nets and they would then stretch their nets and then hang them out to dry. For this venture out in the sea was very unsuccessful for Simon for he had caught nothing. He worked the whole night and caught Nothing. I mean, not a tadpole. I mean, not a goldfish. I mean, not a little catfish. He, he caught nothing. And oh, it's frustrating when you've been putting your effort and your energy into something and you see no results. Can I get a witness? Have you ever gave everything towards something and it didn't, and you didn't see the fruit that you thought it would yield after you put the energy into it? And nobody gonna talk to me today. That 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 I can I can I can I can deal with seeing a, a little progress, a little movement, but oh, it's so frustrating when you've been giving your everything and you see nothing at all, dude. I got anybody watching online that feel your pastor? Is there anybody here that say, I can feel you? Give me a little success. Let me see a little something. But what do you do when you've given your everything and still get nothing back in return? And so it is, Simon, he is done. Capital D, done. I mean, over it. I mean, I'm sick of this job. <laughs> yeah, like I ain't never said that before. I'm sick of these co-workers. I'm sick of that person. And I know you're not supposed to say it, but I'm, I'm sick of these kids. <laughs> I, I, I'm sick of this and I'm sick in that but here is, a, here is the key just because you're done it doesn't mean God is I'll say that one more time that just because you're done it doesn't mean God's done and I know some of you you may be ready to hang up your nets I know some of you you may be ready to hang up that job I know some of you you may be ready to hang up that marriage I know you might be on the verge to hang up this year but I come to remind you and let somebody else know that we serve a God of recovery I wish I had a witness that we serve a God that will help you bounce back. We serve a God that can help you come back. We serve a God that will set you back just to set you up. And he will allow you to bounce back. And you might be saying, I am done. But God is saying, I'm just getting started. But will you listen to the great physician 
instructions. Because your recovery depends on it. Will you listen or will you allow emptiness to empty your heart? Which brings me to my first point on how you recover. If you're going to recover, you can't, you can't let empty nets empty your heart. See, 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 in, in life, we're going to have disappointments. In life, we're going to have moments when things don't go as planned. In life, we're going to have moments when things don't work out the way you thought that they should work out. But here is the key to life. Have the moment, but don't let the moment have you. <laughs> I'm trying to help somebody. Have the moment, but don't live in the moment. See, it's a moment. You See, see, we get in trouble when, watch this, we make monuments out of moments. But the key to life is have the moment, but don't live in it. See, oftentimes the enemy, he, he wants us to live in what, should, in what we should simply visit. He wants us to take a temporary moment of pain and develop a permanent mentality of pessimism in our hearts. He, he wants to empty your heart of faith, which is divine optimism, and fill it with satanic pessimism. So much to the point that you start to see life permanently through a negative lens. <laughs> this is why Jesus says in John chapter 16, verse 33, he says, in this world, you will have trouble. But, that's the critical part, conjunction, junction, what's your function? But, take heart, for I have overcome the world. Watch this, this is critical, family, because he guarantees in this life you will have empty nets. I mean trouble. He says, in this life, you will have disappointment. I mean trouble. He says, in this life, you will have dis discouragement. I mean trouble. But take heart. In other words, watch this. Jesus is saying, just because trouble shows up in your life, it doesn't mean that it got to get in your heart. I'm preaching better than y'all responding. He's saying trouble is going to show up at the doorsteps of your life. But just because it rings a doorbell and just because it knocks on the door doesn't mean you got to let it in. And you got to look at your door of life. Look through the people. Ask who it is. And if it's trouble, you got to say, I ain't letting you in. I know you came into my life, but I ain't got to let you in my heart. I know you came to my doorsteps, but I don't have to let you in my house. Y'all going to sit there? There are some people you let in and some people you don't. I love it because we got this thing called Vivid and we can see, we can see who comes to our door. Them little telemarketers come in 
their little pants trying to sell us some energy saving insurance and they not and my kids know to the point we just don't answer the door for anybody we got this thing where we can look on the side we'll say who is it who is it they say it's the telemarketers I say don't answer it it's two cars parked outside they know somebody is here but I'm not finna give attention and energy to somebody when I already have this taken care of and you gotta learn how to stop answering the door to things and to people and to in areas and places that do not are not conducive to what God wants to do in your life somebody say don't answer that door you better stop picking up that phone you better stop responding to that post you better stop responding, responding to that criticism somebody say don't answer it <laughs> you better take your heart back somebody say take heart the second thing that the text shows us how we get over ourselves is this helping anybody The second thing on how you get over yourself is you can't let the expertise go to your head. Somebody say, don't let your expertise go to your head. After Jesus finished preaching in verse 4, he tells Simon to launch out into the deep and let your nets down. For a catch. As we discussed earlier, Simon, he's the fisherman. And he's been catching fish his whole life. So he, he's, he's very experienced because he's been running this family business ever since he was born. He, he's, he was born into it. Just like some of us, uh, some of us, we, we were born in church. <laughs> And Jesus shows up and tells him to go into the deep and let down his nets. Houston, we have a problem. We have a problem because when you fish in this day, you normally caught fish at night. Secondly, if you're going to catch fish, especially in the Sea of Galilee, you don't go to the deep, you go to shallow water. So now Jesus, he's telling an expert fisherman who had been fishing all night to, to catch fish. And as far as they know, Jesus is a carpenter up until this point. What does a carpenter know about fishing? And, and, and what you must understand is Jesus is asking Peter to do what goes against all of his training, all of his expertise. Jesus, you do carpentry, I do fishing. Now, 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 I know what I'm talking about, and I know you will never tell Jesus what to do with your life, with your mouth, but every now and then you do it with your life. 
You, you say, Jesus, I, I surrendered, but the way you manage your money don't tell me that it's surrendered. Oh, God. You, you say, Jesus, I, I've surrendered my life to you, but the way you do relationships doesn't identify with the way Jesus says you ought to do relationships. <laughs> because it's possible to call yourself Christian, but live culture's way. This is why Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your hearts and lean not to your own understanding in all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight it's possible to say jesus i trust you with my heart but then lean on something else and i come to tell you that sometimes empty nets in your life will expose what you're leaning on Sometimes God has to allow empty nets to come into your life to show who you're leaning on. See, the empty nets will cause you to say, not only with your words, Jesus, I trust you, but empty nets will show up in your life to see if you really do. Empty nets will show up in your life to say, if you, if you really trust God, but are you leaning on your boss? Are you leaning on your job? But if you're a believer, if you are a Christian, even if you lose the job, even if you get a pay cut, you say, God, the job is not my source. It is a resource that he's my provider. And since he's my, I wish I had somebody in here that say he's my provider, that he's my taker. He will take care of me. Can I get a witness out there? Can I get a witness online? Could you throw some hearts at your pastor and say, he's been taking care of me. Even in a pandemic season, somebody say, he's taking care of me. That I may not have everything I want, but I didn't go under. My bank account may not be full, but I didn't go under. That my body may still be recovering, but I didn't go under. That the relations still didn't work out, but I didn't go under. That some friends turned their back on me, but I didn't go under. I'm looking for somebody here that can say even when life happened, even in a pandemic happened, even through police brutality, I didn't go. Somebody shouting yes. Somebody shouting yes. You 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 got to know. That God is the God of the bounce back. And you're going to have to learn how to say goodbye to things that you used to doing it your way. Following your, your own word. That recovery is going to require you to be flexible and, and pliable in getting over how you feel. You got to get over it. You got to learn how to get over yourself. Somebody say, get over yourself. Come on, type in the chat, get over yourself. Which leads me to my last point. If you're going to get over yourself, 
You can't let excuses have the last say. <laughs> you can't allow excuses to have the last say. The text says in verse number five, Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, <laughs> I will let down my nets. Simon says, but bless your heart, I know, I know you're a carpenter, I, I, and I know I've been doing this for some time, and in fact, I worked all night, and we haven't caught anything. But here's where it takes a turn. He says, because you say so. That's the key. It's the word of Jesus for Simon. He says, it don't matter how long I've been out here. And it don't matter how long I've been in this business. I'm going to do it because you say so. And the question of life is, will your response be determined by the word of God? Translation, I know you're tired. I know you may be frustrated. I know you may be feel like giving up. But the key is, does the word of God have the last say about what you feel or do your feeling does. Peter, he, he gives Jesus an excuse. He says, Master, we worked all night long. Don't miss this. Master, it means commander in chief. Peter is in essence saying, we've been working at this all night. I've been sowing good seeds, hoping that this situation would turn around. But you are the chief in commander, in commander. So your word gets the last say so, not my excuse. The word of God has to be has to be given greater authority than your feelings. The word of God has to be given greater than your experience. The word of God has to be given greater authority than how you feel in that moment. That what you think and how you feel has to be submitted to what God has said. And even when life happens, when empty nets come, you got to ask yourself, does he really want me to hang this up? I know I want to hang this up, but does he want me to hang this up? You got to learn how to ask God and say, do you want me to hang up this marriage? Do you want me to hang up this career? Do you want me to hang up this situation that's in front of you? Or do you want me to launch out into the deep? And I come to let somebody know that God is saying to you in this recovery season, let your nets down again. Ah, God, that if you let your nets down again, that you can recover, you you can bounce back, that if you allow the word of God to have the last say, then it's time for you to recover. That you thought it was time to hang up your nets, but in reality, God was setting you up for a great harvest. That you thought it was time to hang it up, when in reality, God was setting you up for an incredible breakthrough. That you it was time to lay down and call it quits. But in reality, God was setting you up for a great move of God. Somebody say, get ready. Because verse 6 says, when they had done so. 
I love it because they didn't just hear, they did it. Will you be a hearer of the word or just a doer? Will you be a hearer when you hear the instructions like the physician gave me? Or will you just be a doer? Because let me tell you, I would not have gotten better from my surgery if I didn't do what the doctor asked me to do. That a part of my recovery entailed obeying the instructions of my doctor. That means I had to take the medicine they prescribed. I had to do the activities they prescribed. I had to do the things that they told me to do in terms of recovery. See, here's the problem. When it comes to recovery, we want God to do all the work and for us to do nothing. I'll say it one more time. I knew it was going to get tight right there. I guess my three, three hand claps over here. <laughs> uh, uh, we want God to do all the work and we do nothing. But if you're going to recovery, it's going to require not just God's intervention, it's going to require your participation. See, a lot of times we want a full-time God with part-time commitment. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, yeah, I knew it was going to get tight right here, so I'm going to stay there. We want full-time blessing and give, and give the blesser part-time commitment, but that's not how it works. If you want a full-time God, if you want the promises of God, you got to learn how to work out the principles that are in his word. And when you work out the principles, you unlock the promises of God over your life. I remember, I remember when I was sick, this is flu season, I went and got a shot and they prescribed some, uh, th uh, therm is it thermoflu? What's it? Ther ther thermoflu. What's that? What's Tam. Tamiflu. I'm, yeah, y'all help me out. Help me out here. Don't let me struggle. Tamiflu. Right. Tamiflu. I remember they, they gave me a shot and I was getting ready to leave. I paid, made my payment and uh, they told me, they said, you got to take this Tamiflu now um, to, to get it out of your system. I said, wait a minute. I thought the shot did that. They said, no, we did our part, but a part of your recovery is going to be you doing your part. And some of us, we come to church and we get a shot and we think that's all we got to do. Yeah, but you got to go home. And open up the word of your and open up the word of God for yourself. You gotta go home and go to your prayer closet yourself and say, even if I can't get a hold of the pastor, I'll lay hands. I wish I had I'll lay hands on myself and I shall recover. Even if I can't get no counselor to talk to my children, I'll bring out the blessed oil and say the devil is a I'll praise God all by myself. Don't let me get in my car. On I-20, on I-20, on I-30, down my street, whatever road I find myself in, I'll have a praise session all by myself. See, see, too many.
many times we get the shot and we come to church and you're right back sick on Monday. We get the shot and come back to church and you're still watching porn on Monday. We get the shot. I know it's going to get quiet. You get the shot and then you go back to that thing on Monday. But God is saying if you're ever going to recover and get that thing worked out of your life, you're going to have to learn to take the prescription, the principles, and the thing. I have said in my word, apply it to yourself. Somebody shout yes. I'm going to be done. Is this helping anybody? Is this helping anybody? Is this helping anybody? And the text says, when they had done so, that they had caught so many fish, that their nets begin to break. And their boat begins to sink. Ah, <laughs> y'all gonna help me preach this? The Bible says, when they had done so, that their nets begin to break and their boats begin to sink. Ah, God. And the Bible says in verse 8, I love it, that the people were astonished at the multitude of fish that they caught. Now, may I uh, uh, use my homiletical imagination that as I was reading this text, I can imagine that many of those who were on the shore began talking and saying, what are they doing out there? Don't you know you don't fish at night? Don't you know you don't fish in shallow water? And so many times we can go up in life and we have people that are on the shore talking. They still going to that church. They still talking about Jesus. They still worshiping the way they are. And they don't know we're just following the master's instructions. And here it is. Here it is. The same people who were talking were now surprised by how fast they recovered. Because when you get over yourself, you can be shocked by how hurt people hurt you, but they'll be surprised by how fast you recover. <laughs> you mean to tell you good already? You mean to tell you better already? You mean to tell me you smiling already? You mean to tell me you walking around already? You mean to tell me that your pastor is back after two months already? You mean to tell me after all that he's been through, he's here and he's back like he never left before somebody say recover somebody say recover <laughs> we're gonna go home and some of you this is your last time to shout because here it is the bible says that they caught so many fish that their nets begin to break Y'all miss your shout. Let me say it one more time. That they caught so many fish that their nets begin to break. Y'all miss your shout. They caught so many fish that their nets begin to break. Auntie, I studied that the amount of fish that they caught, watch this, it was enough that it should have took months. It should have took months to catch that many fish. But when you get over yourself, God can do it one day. Would it take months for you to recover? And I come to prophesy over somebody else. 
getting ready to accelerate what you were after, oh God. That God is getting ready to accelerate your recovery. And it should have took you months to get over it. It should have took you years to get over it. But by the end of this month, somebody say, I'm getting ready to recover. Come on, if you're watching online. And God begins to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I could ever ask or think. We're standing when you get over yourself. Acceleration hits your life. It should have taken the months to recover that many that many fish. They got in a day. We should have took months. And here's the thing. I told you that that God, whenever He, whenever He adds back to your life, He doesn't add more time. He just do. He just does so much in the time that you got left that it don't even matter the time that you lost. Because he's not confined by time. He don't have to wait on time. He is time. Some of you, you're waiting on 2021. And God says you can get it in October. A new year when you got the same God. He says, I'll take the months you got left and I'll do more in the months you got left than the years of life I can extend. Because I'm the God of your recovery. I simply want to pray. This is my heart. So I got up in prayer this morning. I want to pray for those who've been dealing with empty nets this year. And it's emptied your heart. It's emptied your heart of faith. It's emptied your heart of devotion. Some of you, you, some, some of you, you, you find it hard just to get even back into the word of God. It's, it's emptied out your desire, your commitment. And God is saying today, I want you to get it back. I want you to get it back. So with every hand lifted, if you're online, I want you to lift your hands right wherever you are. Father, I pray. I pray for those who have experienced empty nets and that the empty nets have caused has caused their hearts 
to not be filled with optimistic faith, but pessimism and, and negativity. But Father, I declare after today that you will fill them up again. Yes, God, that you will fill them up with faith and expectation in your word. So much to the point that they go from not just believing what you've said to they go to speaking about what you've said over their life, Father. I pray, God, that faith confessions start to come out of their mouth again, Father. I pray, God, that praise start to come out of their mouth again. I pray for a zeal and a passion to come back over their life like never before, Father. I pray, God, that their attention and their awareness of you becomes heightened, God. And Father, that devotion will follow afterwards, Father. Father, I thank you that you are God of the bounce back. I thank you that you are the Lord of the comeback, that you are the God that will bring us back to a place, and you don't have to wait until the end of the year. But Father, I thank you that you declared over our life that you will do it right now, and we believe it by faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Come on and put those hands together. And you want to give your life to, to the commander-in-chief. Maybe you're watching online, you're saying, I'm tired of being the commander of my own boat. If you be honest with yourself, we're horrible captains of our own boats. That's why we need a captain in Jesus. <laughs> Do I got a witness? <laughs> if you're here, you're saying, I, I want to give my life to Christ or I want to rededicate my, my boat back to Jesus. If that's you, if you're here or you're watching online, you can fill out a connection card and there's going to be a line that says, do you want to be saved? All you have to do is say yes and somebody will reach out to you. One of our ministers or elders will reach out to you, but I want you to repeat after me. If that's you, I want you to lift your hands and you want to dedicate your life to Christ or rededicate your life to Christ. Come on, lift those hands up high if that's you. Come on. That's it. Father, we bless your name. We thank you. I simply want you to repeat after me, Lord, come into my life. Save me. I admit I cannot run my own boat anymore. But I need you to run my life. I am yours. You are mine. And I believe your son, Jesus, died for me and rose on the third day. In Jesus' name, amen. Family, can we welcome those in the, in the spiritual family? Thank you so much for tuning in with us. We hope you really enjoyed today's message. If you did, here's your opportunity to partner with us on today. You can partner by giving via Cash App, dollar sign, Heavenly Gospel Church, or go to hglovespeople.com, press the give button and give whatever amount that you would love to give on today. Again, be blessed and thank you for tuning in.